the early 70s, one commercial Korean airplane was shot down by the Soviet missile. It raised a lot of diplomatic problem between Soviet and South Korea. The Soviet army said their action is justified because that airplane deviated from the course that it was supposed to fly. It entered the Soviet ramped sky. So more than 200 people died in a split second. Just like an airplane has its own path to fly, we also have a course or the path to walk in order to reach the state of complete liberation or indestructible happiness. But the problem is uh, not many people know the path. They think they know, but not exactly. Yeah. This is what I heard from my friend. One man had a car accident, and his uh, car was completely wrecked. And when he was pulled out of his uh, broken car, he was uh, half unconscious. In order to check he's okay, with his finger he checked all his body, poked each and every part of his body. He discovered each and every part of his body really hurt. So when in the hospital, and he told uh, to the doctor that all his body is so aching, the doctor checked his body and said, Mister, you're fine. You just have broken your finger. <laughs> so think about that. People try to realize freedom or happiness. How? We try to change our external conditions or environment, a better job, better relationship. That's important, we cannot deny. But it can be endless. For example, wow, that person is very successful. It is because he's very diligent or smart, trustworthy, persevering, etc. So the primary reason for his success lies in his mind. Or that person may not be that successful from the perspective of this world, but he's always happy. Maybe he's very optimistic, 
contented or compassionate, etc. So the path to happiness or success in whatever area lies ultimately in our mind. In our mind. When they say Buddhist practice, it usually means mind practice. Mind practice. Or the Buddha's teaching that his Dharma that he taught for 49 years can be condensed in just one sentence. Everything is of our mind creation. So mind practice, that's what we do in this uh, retreat. As uh, Reverend Jian Li uh, talked last night, Buddha repeatedly said, one thing and the only thing that he teaches uh, human suffering and the path to end it. Why Buddha emphasized that? Because uh, in those uh, days, uh, there are lots of uh, metaphysical or philosophical controversy between spiritual teachers or philosophers, etc. Whether the universe is uh, infinite or finite or human nature is uh, good or bad, etc. So regarding these metaphysical controversy, when those people ask that kind of a question, Buddha sometimes did not, did not answer to those questions. One thing and the only thing that I teach is human suffering, human dissatisfaction, dukkha, and the path to ending. That's why Four Noble Truths, his first teaching is the most fundamental or important teaching among many dharmas. So what are Four Noble Truths? What is the first Noble Truth? Life is dukkha. Dissatisfaction, it's the nature of our life. Dissatisfactoriness. The second noble truth, the cause of our suffering. There must be some reason for our suffering. So what is the cause of suffering? It can be bad relationship with your spouse or person. There can be, but fundamentally, the cause of a suffering is a attachments or a craving. The third noble truth is the cessation of a suffering. That's a what we all want, whether they are practitioner or not, whether they are. Muslim or atheist or Christian, the direction is the same. The cessation of a suffering. The fourth noble truth is the, the path. Maga, marga means the path. The path to end suffering. Sometimes that path is called the middle path. 
what does the middle path specifically mean in our life in a very practical sense? Buddha said, the middle path is Arya Atanajika Marga, the noble eightfold path. When they say the path, the fourth noble truth, it specifically means the noble eightfold path. It is the path for our mind for our life to walk, just like you can see the path to your guest house. What is eight for the path? Right view, right thought, right speech, right action, right, right livelihood, right effort, right concentration, right mindfulness. Right concentration and mindfulness is related with meditation practice. So Reverend Tessa will teach that when he guides sitting meditation. I will focus from the first to sixth. Every step in the path is preceded with the Sanskrit Shamya, Shamma. It's translated usually as right. Shamya literally means sound, skillful, complete, perfect, consummate, etc. Right. Not a bad translation, but just be aware. When I say right, it's not the meaning of a being right as opposed to being wrong. It's not that judgmental concept. So from right view to right mindfulness, Buddha said it is the path to end the suffering. It is the path to awakening. It is the path to liberation. Very simple and plain, very clear. Our original mind is compelled to a mirror, particularly in Zen tradition. Okay, let's just say there is a mirror this is a mirror. This mirror may look dirty. Because of a dirt or some soil on top of the surface of the mirror. But the mirror itself cannot be tainted. Just like this sky. We, because of the cloud, we cannot see the sun. But the sky itself cannot be tainted, just like our original mind. So, right effort, right concentration, 
right mindfulness is related with meditation or spiritual cultivation, it is the path to remove those dirts, to reveal the clearness of our original mind. And the mirror itself, just like a mirror reflect our image very accurately, the clean mirror, our original mind is bright and illuminating by itself. By right view, right thought, we can cultivate the innate wisdom of our true self. That's the wisdom part. The first one is the meditation or spiritual cultivation part. Why do people buy mirror? In order to use that. So we needed to use our mind, our original mind in our daily life. So right speech, right action, right livelihood is the path to use our mind mirror. The sila or ethical conduct, or in a broader sense in one Buddhism, we usually call that uh, uh, mindful or mindful action or skillful action, skillful choice. In other words, uh, eightfold path is the path to purify our mind, to brighten our mind, and to use our mind skillfully. In one word, it is the path to restore who we really are, symbolized by this circle image. By walking these A for the path, we can perfect ourselves and lead to the realm of a complete liberation. So this morning I would like to let's say the first one. Shamyak Trishiti, right view. Some scholar translate that as a right understanding. After 9-11, lots of journalists had an interview with a lot of Muslims who have lived in the United States for a long time. Most of them are American citizens. So they said, how do you think of the Biladan or other suicide bombers? All of them replied, it's a very, very evil, very, very wicked act or choice. But surprisingly to me, most of them told to the journalist 
that those suicide bombers, not just in the United States, in all of the places in this world, because of their sacrifice, they will immediately go to heaven. Most of the Muslims think in that way. It was very shocking to me. So think about the Hitler's view, the anti-Semitism. That wrong view drove the whole world into disaster. Or, during the medieval times, Western countries' view on Muslim or on Islam, on Muslims' view on Christianity. That kind of some misleading, biased view drove this world into chaos for hundreds of years. 9-11 is the proof. It is still going on in Arab countries especially. So from the personal level or international dimension, wrong view is the most misfortunate thing that causes suffering to individuals as well as to our society. Buddha said, there is no single factor so responsible for the suffering of living beings as a wrong view, and no factor so potent in promoting the good of living beings as a right view. Having right view sounds very simple. Having right view. But it may not be that simple. I was born in Daegu, in Korea. And my parents went to Daegu, one Buddhist temple for their whole life. There was a very rich gentleman. After that gentleman, his very devoted one Buddhist, passed away. He inherited lots of his money to his two sons. So it was the customary practice that the elder son inherit most of the fortune. It's a completely changed these days. The wife of the younger son was not happy with that situation. And the older son had a business, very successful business in Seoul. And there are lots of offices in Daegu. So he asked his younger brother to take care of the, that branch office. He's too busy to go to visit Daegu pretty often. And he's, he was a very good son. Both of two sons were very good. 
the older son, when he meets, he's very mentally very tired. He's really a colleague. When he really misses his father, he come to the Dago city and inspect the books and audit the accounts of the a couple of the branch office that his younger brother take care of and spend some time in the cemetery in, the, in his father's graveyard. But the wife of the younger brother started to think and told his wife, his, her husband, your brother comes to Dago. It is because he cannot trust you. It is to check, inspect the books and audit the accounts. Just visiting the graveyard is a pretext. That can happen. <laughs> that happens all the time in our world. We all have that kind of a view. To some person, a little greater. To some person, a little lesser. When you put the staff inside the water, the staff looks crooked because of the water. Just like because of our sense of self, we cannot see things as they are. It's very, it's not easy thing. See things as things are. Just like the earth moves around the sun, think about all your thoughts or emotions, whatever that arises from your mind, the ground, it arises and sits on the ground called I or ego. Look at the Cascade Mountains. The earth looks very flat. It does not look round. Why? Because we are on the earth. When you go when you land on the moon, you can see the exact shape of the earth. Why? Because you are out of the earth. Only when we become free from our sense of self, we can see things clearly. That's why Buddha said, only after people got awakened, people can have a right view. So complete, consummate, perfect right view can occur only after we attain enlightenment. But we do not have to worry about that. It is because even though we may not be perfectly awakened, we can walk on the path according to the map 
that Buddha gave us the map, the Dharma, the scripture. That's why, along with the meditation, this kind of a, some Dharma study session, or tomorrow we will have a, a Dharma discussion group is as much as important as our meditation practice. We are constantly bombarded by many thoughts or information or views, political view, cultural view, whatever things. Based on that, our life goal or our value system is shaped. Let's reflect what do I want ultimately in our life? You can close your eyes and let's contemplate on that. What's my value system or what do I really want in our life? Just for one minute. Buddha said, what is the right view? Shakamani Buddha said, the right view is or starts from the understanding of four noble truths. Understanding four noble truths is right view. I really quote this verse a lot in, at the One Dharma Center. The Sotesan, the founding master of One Buddhism, said, What is the important thing? What's the important Dharma? He said, Realizing or at least believing in the truth of no birth and no death. And the karmic principle of a cause and effect is the most imperative, the most important thing for all people. This is far more important than you are doing a lot of meritorious things, or you are encouraging others to do a lot of meritorious things for this society. Probably around 15 years ago, uh, as you know, Korea or Japan is a highly competitive, very, very, very fiercely, brutally competitive society. And uh, one people have a very serious resentment to the Korean society as well, particularly to the government policy. So one day, he decided his mind to 
drive his car in a very busy plaza and kill a lot of people. And he decided his mind eventually to kill himself. So actually, he hurt and killed several people. And his car rammed the shopping mall. And he was badly hurt, but he did not die. So in the hospital, he said to the policeman, if I die, that's it. But that's not it. There is countless lives before us, and we reap exactly what we saw. So even the quantum physics these days is very rigorously sure. So this universe is the awareness itself. Just like the Bible passage, we reap what we saw. So from time to time, I think if people now realize these two truths, the truth of eternal life and the karmic principle of cause and effect, how much this world would become a better place. Nobody would steal things from others. Nobody would embezzle the money. All people would become very much honest and generous. However big a ship is, according to the direction of the rudder, according to how we steer the ship, the ship moves in that direction. Like that, our life goes based on our value system, based on our philosophy. So during this retreat, let's just think about, we need a lot of things, we want a lot of things, but what we want eventually, ultimately. And Buddha said, so many of our value system is formed by this secular world. Buddha said, sota patagami, which means swim against the stream. If people live in this way, you better go in that way. Just the world of the Jesus. The gate to eternal life is narrow. Buddha, Jesus, all those realized teachers are the ones who really discovered their path, who are really dwell in that place. They really know the path so that we can follow that path. So during this retreat, when you have a time, you can read the one scripture, the chapter three, and the contemplate. Let's contemplate together our life goal. Thank you.